Today, I'm going to talk about how to approach marriage separation in five steps. Welcome to the Dr. Wyatt Show. I'm your host, Dr. Wyatt Fisher, a licensed psychologist specializing in couples counseling. So I haven't spoken about separation in a while, so I thought I would bring back this topic because it's an important one for a lot of people to consider, but there's a lot of confusion around separation. First of all, you should know, when I recommend separation, I use it as a leverage tool to hopefully motivate the other partner to get their act together, to start paying attention, to start making changes. So I don't recommend it as one step toward divorce. I recommend it as a leverage tool to hopefully serve as a wake-up call to the partner who's asleep so that they make changes so that the marriage can be renewed and restored. So the first thing we're going to talk about is you have to identify when is a separation needed. There's a couple instances that I recommend separation. One is when there's an active addiction. When your partner has an active addiction and it's creating impairment in more than two areas of life, so that could be in their job, that could be in your marriage, and they refuse to seek treatment, that's grounds for a separation because this addiction that they're under is controlling their lives. And as long as that is controlling their life, they're not going to be able to show up and be a good partner for you. They're not going to be able to show up at their job and be a good employee because this addiction has its grip around them. So for example, let's say you're married to someone who's an alcoholic. They're drinking so much that it's creating impairment at work and at home, and they refuse to do anything about it. In that kind of situation, you need to get a separation because hopefully that will serve as a wake-up call for them to get some treatment. Another example is if you're married to someone who's had an affair and they refuse to cease contact with that affair person. I see this a lot. Someone will have an affair with someone they work with or someone they go to the gym with or a neighbor or someone that they play tennis with and they refuse to stop contact with that person because they say, we can still be friends. We just won't cross any boundaries. That is unrealistic because once you've had an affair with someone, the risk of developing feelings again for them is always there. And your betrayed partner is not going to be able to heal if they know you're leaving for the day and you're going to be around that person you had an affair with. So if you're married to someone and they've had an affair and they refuse to cease all contact with that affair person and open up their accounts to you and prove it, get a separation. Because hopefully that will serve as a wake-up call to them that that is not allowed. They cannot have their cake and eat it too. They can't have an affair with someone and still be around that person and expect you to be okay with it. So if that's happening in your relationship, get a separation. The third scenario where I recommend a separation is not talked about as often. In this scenario is when you're with someone who is neglecting your top marital needs. So some common needs might be the need for affection, the need for emotional intimacy, the need for sexual intimacy. If those are some of your top needs, no matter what your top need is, and you express this to your partner on a regular basis, and your partner refuses to seek treatment, they refuse to seek help, they refuse to make any changes, or they work with you seeing a coach or a counselor for at least three to six months, and they still refuse to make any adjustments to better meet your needs, I recommend a separation because again, hopefully that will serve as a wake-up call that if you're going to be married to me, you have to be attentive to my needs just like I need to be attentive to yours. 
Because a lot of people in marriage fall asleep and they become passive and they really don't care anymore if they're a good partner. In the beginning they cared, but now that they've won you over and they've been with you for a while, they don't care anymore. They have low motivation. You bring up your concerns, you bring up your, your needs and they just dismiss. They judge and dismiss. They don't make any changes. And if that happens long enough, it turns into neglect. So in those scenarios, I recommend a separation as a wake-up call so that they get the message loud and clear. If you want to stay married to me, you need to focus, you need to pay attention, you need to work on our marriage, and you need to become more sensitive to my needs, just like you want me to become sensitive to your needs. A fourth scenario where I recommend getting a separation is when there's any type of abuse. If there's verbal abuse, emotional abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, if there's any level of abuse, you should seek a separation. And sometimes you might even need a restraining order if it's been severe abuse. So you don't want to tolerate abuse on any level. And some people, if they were raised in an abusive environment growing up, they get conditioned to tolerate abusive behavior and they'll tolerate their partner's abusive behavior. Never tolerate abuse. If your partner is abusive, emotionally, verbally, physically, or sexually, get a separation and you might need a restraining order. Now, number two, if you are staying with your partner in these types of conditions, you're enabling them. If you're staying with an alcoholic who refuses treatment and you just stay in that relationship, what message does that send to them? It says to them, you don't have to change. I'm gonna stay here anyway. You're enabling them. If you stay with a partner who has had an affair and they refuse to cease contact with the affair person, what message are you sending them? You're sending them the message that you don't have to cease contact with them because nothing's going to happen. I'm going to be here for you when you come home. If you're with someone who's neglecting your top needs and you've brought it up over and over and they still won't change and you stay with them anyway, that's sending them the message that you really don't have to change. You really don't have to meet my needs because I'm not going to do anything about it. You're enabling them. If you're staying with someone who's abusive on any level and you stay in that relationship instead of getting a separation, you're sending the signal, it's okay for you to mistreat me. It's okay for you to abuse me because I'm not going to leave. I'm not going to do anything about it. So that's very important to remember because I see a lot of partners who are stuck in unhealthy situations, unhealthy relationships yet they're unwilling to get a separation which sends the signal you don't have to make any changes i'm just going to stay here so it makes you seem very passive makes you seem very weak and it makes your partner take advantage of you and it enables their behavior number three if you want to get in a position where you may be considering a separation you have to become financially independent are you do you have your own source of income do you have your own job? Do you have a place that you go to for work? If you are considering a separation, you need to become financially independent or at least in a position where you can become financially independent if you need to. Because otherwise, if you're the one requesting a separation, your partner may use finances to manipulate you to avoid the separation. They may say, if we get a separation, I'm cutting you off financially. And now what do you do? Now you're stuck in the relationship because you can't afford to get a separation on your own. And now you're forced to tolerate their mistreatment of you. 
So don't put yourself in that situation. If you're in a marriage and you're thinking about separation, you need to be thinking about how can I start earning income? How can I start getting some revenue going so that if I choose to get a separation, I can support myself financially and my partner can't hold that over my head. And that leads me to number four. The fourth thing to consider with marriage separation is if you're the one asking for a separation, you are the one that should move out. Don't ask your partner to move out. And the reason why is because you can't control your partner. So let's say your top needs are being neglected and you've decided you want to get a separation because staying together is enabling your partner. And so you ask them to move out. What if they refuse? What if they say, I'm not moving out. I'm not going anywhere. Now you're stuck. Now you're right back in that same situation, powerless, getting mistreated. And if you stay there, you're enabling your partner. So instead, I always recommend the person who asks for the separation, you move out because that will keep you in the control seat. You can control if you move out. You cannot control if your partner moves out. So you move out, you get your own place, you get a separate residence where you can live because then you're in control of the separation process instead of asking your partner for a separation, which you cannot control. Number five, you have to outline the list of changes you need to see in your partner before you are willing to move back in together. So don't move out because you're feeling neglected or because your partner is addicted or because they won't cease contact or because your partner is abusive. Don't move out and then just expect your partner to know exactly how they need to change or the exact changes they need to make. Instead, when you move out and if you're initiating a separation, make a list, make it explicit, make it clear to your partner. These are the things I need to see different. These are the changes that I need to see in place over time before I'm willing to move back in, before I'm willing to reconcile, before I'm willing to live together again. These are the items that I need to see addressed. And you need to see those items addressed and improvement sustained for at least three months because anyone can put on a good show. Anyone can make a change or act like they're making a change, but they're really not gonna stick with that change. So to be wise, if you initiate a separation, don't rush right back in living together because your partner may not have actually changed long-term. Change is hard. Change takes time. And so you want to see proof in the pudding. You want to see your partner putting in the effort. You want to see sustainable change over time where the changes they're making are actually sticking. When you see that, then it's a wiser move on your part to move back in, to reconcile, to start over. But until you see those sustained changes over time, do not be moving back in. And that's why you have to be very clear on the changes you want to see in your partner so that they know what they need to be working on if they want to save the marriage, if they want you to move back in with them. They need to know exactly what they need to be working on so that they know if they want to improve this marriage, this is their marching orders. This is what they need to be doing. It's up to them if they do it. They may not do it, but it's their choice. So. If you're considering moving out and getting that separation, make sure you outline the top list of changes, then do not move back in until you see your partner making those changes over time. So those are five approaches to marriage separation. Number one, identify when it's needed. Number two, if you stay, you're enabling them. Number three, become financially independent so that you're in a position to make that separation. 
Number four, you move out because you're in control of that. Don't ask your partner to move out. And number five, outline the list of changes needed and don't move back in until they've made those changes over time. Thank you for listening to the Dr. Wyatt Show. Be sure to be feeding your marriage the ABCs. A is my app, Keep the Glow for better communication. You can download it wherever you get your apps, KTG. B is my boot camp. That's where you get live support from me every week and access to my best resources. And C is coaching services to help you and your partner work through your resentments one step at a time with one of my master coaches. To learn more, check out the links in the description. And remember, your marriage is alive. If you care for it and nurture it, it will grow. But if you deprive it and neglect it, it will wilt and die. The choice is up to you. Take care.